Was the moon landing really faked? We'll talk about that on this episode of the Mind Dog TV podcast. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the host or guest and should not be interpreted as statement of fact. Independent fact checking and corrections are encouraged. This episode is brought to you by Fundwise Capital. Fundwise Capital is a business lender matching platform. Avoid the mystery of one-sided deals. Connect with Fundwise to get the very best funding you can qualify for fast. You can apply online in 60 seconds or less, and there's no effect to your credit to see how much you can get. It's easy. Use the funding for anything you need to start or grow your business. You did hear me correctly. I did say start or grow your business. If you don't have a business yet, but you got a solid business plan, they can help you get funding. Get the best funding you can qualify for. Their strategic lender matching platform searches through hundreds of lenders to find the very best possible option for your unique situation. They have hundreds of five-star reviews on Google, Trustpilot, and Facebook, and an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They provide unsecured lines of credit at 0% interest for 9 to 15 months. Unsecured term loans, loans based on income, short-term gap funding, and bridge loans. They work with real estate, startups like I already mentioned, franchises, restaurants, any kind of business, any kind of project. To get started, it's really easy. Just go to apply.funwise.com slash minddog. That's apply.funwise.com slash minddog. Get money for your business now. Apply.funwise.com slash minddog. Sort of, kind of, start to clap. And welcome, my friends, to yet another episode of the Mind Dog TV podcast. I'm Matt Napo. Thanks for coming. It's great to have you here. As always, we're also live on Live 365 and iHeartRadio. It's a pleasure to have you here tonight. I'm not wearing my brace. Uh, I should have been wearing my brace. It's been a long day, lots of shows, lots of uh, sudden surprises and changes to the work schedule. So uh, I'm a little bit uh, confused and befuddled and all that stuff, but I'm going to pull it together and hopefully bring you a great conversation about the moon landing. Yes, the moon landing. Haven't talked about this in decades, but there was a period where we talked about this almost weekly on the program. Um, and why now? Why, after all these years, is it back around? Well, that's a, that's probably where I'm going to start with my guest tonight. My guest uh, is Bart Sibrel. He's an award-winning filmmaker, writer, investigative journalist, and he has been producing television programs, documentaries, music videos, TV commercials, and has stage plays for over 35 years, starting at the age of 18, even hosting his uh, own uh, television talk show at that early age, and he's here tonight. We have welcome, Bart. <laughs> that was a Bart, close one. I, I am the sorry CIA about got us. Yeah, well, it could be the CIA. They watch this program a lot, <laughs> you know. I, and I apologize for that. technical difficulties. Uh, just to- no, I think it was Disney. After all, he's after your mouse. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're glad to have you here. Finally, got you in the in the room. Um, uh, let's start with that. Why now, after all these years, the because on the morning program, when I was telling people you're going to be on the in the chat room, chat room filled up, and I saw quite a few comments that said, Who cares? <laughs> people, people stop being because we, ha- we have so many 
other things to not trust the government about and think that the government lied to us about, this one seems small potatoes. So why now after all these years? Well, that's a great question. And I was going to prepare a picture to show for you here real quick to show you the why it matters here. Um, okay. So basically, uh, the new information is that we have a deathbed confession from someone who was there when they actually filmed the fake moon landing at his military base. Now, my father was in the Air Force, and I grew up believing the moon landings were real like everybody else. In fact, when it allegedly happened, I was four years old asleep in bed, past my bedtime. But my father got this VIP package of 9 by 12 color prints, and I put them on my wall like a shrine. I was the biggest fan. So to go from being the biggest fan to the biggest critic, only the truth could make that happen. And so basically, I had become a filmmaker at an early age. And a filmmaker's job is to make fake scenes look real. And I remember seeing on a TV show when I was 14, this guy who worked at NASA for six years with high security clearance, one of the first guests on Oprah, saying we didn't go to the moon. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. You know, caught me as an open-minded 14-year-old. I go to my shrine on the wall, which I'd seen every day for 10 years, 3,650 days of programming. And yet I looked at them with open eyes and I'm like, you know, you really can see where the, you know, real soil ends and the fake backdrop begins. And so I was put in touch with that man who suggested that I make a movie about it. And I studied it for a while. And there were a lot of odd things like the administrator of NASA resigning days before the first mission with no explanation. Didn't want to have anything to do with it. Then you have two of the three astronauts on the first important, you know, most historic famous mission, two of the three don't give interviews unless the president personally asked them to on an anniversary. Thinking that's strange. Then we have these shadows, and this is where I want to share my screen and show you something here. Uh, let me hit the share screen button, present, share screen, pick a monitor, and you should be seeing my screen, right? Not yet. No, I'm not. Uh, not yet. Okay, hold on. Let me let me make sure I've hit all the buttons correctly. Uh, share. Okay, here we go. Now you're seeing it. Uh, we got something. Hold on, it's coming. Yeah, up. there we go. Oh, there it is. Wait, that's okay. the wrong. <laughs> there it is. Okay, so basically, uh, you can prove that the moon landings are fake with one photograph. I mean, you can talk about how today, with 50 years better technology. OK, they can only send an astronaut one thousandth the distance to the moon with 50 years better technology. That's why there's mannequins orbiting the moon. You could talk about the deathbed confession. That's proof. We uncovered classified footage of them faking being halfway to the moon right in front of your eyes. I can show you that we have the CIA on a third track of audio. You'll hear it prompting them to fake a four second radio delay. And so we have all this proof, but you could really prove it with this one picture. Here's a picture on the left-hand side taken in sunlight. Just go out on a cloudless day, look at two trees, you and a friend standing in a yard or a parking lot or wherever, and because the sun is 93 million miles away, a million times bigger than the Earth, it's going to cast shadows in the same direction over the entire continent or moon. As you'll see, sunlit shadows are always parallel. Well, on the moon, with no atmosphere, it's 20 times brighter than a desert on high noon. So the last thing you're going to need is electrical lighting. 
Here's a picture from the alleged last mission to the moon on the right-hand side. You see the shadow of the astronaut going at 12 o'clock and a rock five feet away is going at nine o'clock. This is 90 degrees intersection from objects five feet apart when they should be parallel in sunlight, which means it's electrical light, which means they're not on the moon. That's what it means. You could prove this with this picture in a quarter of law that they did not go to the moon. And while I'm in the screen share mode, let me just go ahead and cue this up. Okay, this is fake footage that we uncovered and a funny thing happened on the way to the moon. Now, I was given a million dollars to make these movies by someone who builds rockets for NASA who knows it's fake. And during the course of my research, I uncovered classified footage of them pretending to be halfway to the moon dated two days into the flight. This is allegedly the Earth floating in space, looking back at it. They explain that they have one window that faces the Earth and that the lens of the camera is up against the window to shoot the Earth far away, which it would have to be. In fact, the camera's at the back of the spacecraft. This is a circular window with all the lights off, all of which they talk about openly because they thought this secret footage would be edited. And you're seeing part of the Earth outside of the window. I'm about to play a clip. You're going to hear the audio of NASA saying, hey, the TV picture looks great. Then they count off exactly four seconds because they're only 250 miles above the Earth, which is as far as they can go 50 years later. So if they answer right away, it's going to give away the fact that they're close to the Earth. So the CIA for them, an earpiece in, counts off one, two, three, four. Then you hear them as crystal clear, prompt Neil Armstrong with talk. Then he speaks. Go ahead, take a look, and take a listen. We're not hearing the audio. This is my, my concern. This is what I'm looking for. And my goodness, it's not playing the audio. Damn. Well, okay. So you, can you hear me? Yes. Okay, well, for whatever reason, it doesn't like the audio. But you basically heard a third track of audio of the CIA saying talk. Now, here I can prove to you as I talk uh, that this is a fake shot. This is the part they thought was not being shown to anybody. This is allegedly the Earth floating in space. Well, then what is this in the top left? That's the work light. Here they are removing a fake Terminator line in front of the window. So that's not the Earth, is it? That's a one-foot model of the Earth. They are faking being halfway to the moon, which means they cannot go halfway to the moon. And what a surprise, 50 years later, they still cannot go halfway to the moon. They, that's why there's mannequins. Now, take a look at this picture here. This gentleman's name was Cyrus Eugene Akers. Okay, all of this is in my book which you can get a copy of at sabrell.com. It's just my last name, S as in Sam, I, B as in boy, R-E-L, sabrell.com. My book just came out. The film, A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Moon, has been out for a while. There were things in the book that I was not uh, basically allowed or basically dead astronauts' relatives asked me not to put certain facts in the film. They are in the book including the deathbed confession of this gentleman, Cyrus Eugene Akers. The most secure Air Force base in the world is not Area 51. 
It's called Cannon Air Force Base. Been and there, but it's it, it was never that. <laughs> I have to take exception with the, the most secure because I've walked around it at night, uh, at free to go, in 1977, 1978, 1979, spent hours on there drinking, walking around. Yeah. Yeah, I understand, but we're talking about 1968, 10 years earlier. It says right here, special operations. The fact is that this gentleman, Cyrus Eugene Akers, was the chief of security at the Intelligent Special Ops Division of the United States Air Force, which was located at Cannon Air Force Base. He said on his deathbed, he's dying. He's about to meet God face to face. He wants to increase his odds of being right with God. As best as we can tell, if you confess your sin and renounce it, then you're forgiven. The guy confesses the following on his deathbed. He confesses he's a murderer. He killed somebody, wants to get it off his chest. He says the reason why he killed him, it was a co-worker at Cannon Air Force Base. He and the co-worker, I witnessed the faking of the moon landing, which was filmed June 1st. Second and third of 1968, he stood beside President Johnson while they filmed it. And his friend thought it was morally wrong. He was going to tell a journalist, and we don't know whether he did it of his own initiative or President Johnson ordered him to, but he murdered a coworker. He confessed that and said the reason why he did it was to cover up the moon landing fraud, which was filmed at Cannon Air Force Base June 1st. 2nd and 3rd of 1968. And then President Johnson personally gave him, as the chief of security, a list of 15 VIP witnesses who were allowed in to observe it and no one else. We got that list from him. We published it in the book. President Johnson was there. Neil Armstrong was there. Buzz Aldrin was there. Werner Von Braun, the rocket designer, was there. This guy never heard of, Robert Emmenager. He's a science fiction consultant, a flight director. Eugene Krantz was there. James Webb, former NASA administrator, was there. Joseph Kerwin, future NASA astronaut. Thomas Paine, deputy administrator of NASA. Glenn Lunny, a future NASA flight director. Christopher Kraft, mission control founder. James Van Allen, the reason why they can't leave Earth orbit is because of radiation, hence mannequins orbiting the moon. Arthur Trudeau, Army Intelligence, and two people, we, as best as we could tell, were Naval Intelligence and the CIA. So this is the proof that we have that they did not go to the moon. I guess you're seeing me again. Is that right? Yeah, yes. Okay. So... This is, you know, breathtaking information. Now, one of the things that I was not allowed or I was asked not to put in the film, which is in the book, which just came out. It's on audio. I read it myself or Kindle or print at sabrell.com. I interviewed the widow of the man who was going to be the first man to walk on the moon, Virgil Grissom. Okay. I interviewed her for four hours. She said on January 26, 1967, he comes home from work and says, "Hun, for some strange reason, the CIA is all over the launch pad today. Never seen him here before. I wonder why they're here. The very next day, the guy is dead. Okay. 
Days before his death, he held an impromptu press conference. He was the man they had handpicked to be the first man to walk on the moon because he was the most loved by the reporters. And he held an impromptu press conference. He took a bunch of reporters up to the top of the rocket. And he hung a lemon the size of a grapefruit on the entrance door and said, this thing is a lemon. The general saw this boat rocker on national TV calling the rocket to go to the moon a piece of junk. Days later, he dies. So not only is that in the book, and this is why it matters, Matt, I, I, I kind of agree with the person in chat. If they faked it and didn't kill anybody, you know, you kind of respect their cleverness, you know, like a bank robber tunneling in and getting the gold, right? But not if they kill people to make it happen. You see, what we have here is a reminder that the first document of our founding fathers is not the Constitution. It's the Declaration of Independence. And it says, when any government becomes destructive of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, it is the right of the people to alter or abolish it. Well, this isn't my opinion. It's the opinion of the dead man's widow and the dead man's son, who's a 747 pilot that their husband was murdered by the federal government because he was going to expose their crimes. So our tax dollars are not only going $200 billion to fake the moon landing, which only cost about one quarter as much to go into Earth orbit. They're using our tax dollars to hire CIA agents who are killing our fellow citizens for exposing their crimes. So they're taking away life. They're taking away liberty. You have to ask permission to open your business. You have to ask permission to go to the beach. You have to ask permission to ride your bicycle, to go to church. That's slavery, not freedom. If one person I have to submit to and say, sir, can I open my business? Who are they to be above me? I don't care if nine out of 10 people are dropping dead from whatever. It's the right of the people to take that risk, to go out and shop under those circumstances or to open their business under those circumstances. The government can advise us, but they're not our nanny, they're not our parents, and they're not our master. They're supposed to be our servants. So they took away life, they took away liberty, and if it's the pursuit of my happiness to go to church and they close the doors or to open my business and they don't allow me, they're robbing us of that too. This is why it matters. The moon landing fraud probably killed fewer people than almost any other government lie. I mean, whoever killed Kennedy, he's still dead. And they say 200 people were killed to cover that up. Whoever did 9-11, those people are still dead. But this is a positive lie. This is taking away candy and giving the public a turd. I showed that footage of them faking being halfway to the moon to the news director at NBC. You can see all of these clips for free at sabrell.com. My book is interactive, 16 video clips to prove every point in every chapter. You can see them for free at sabrell.com. I showed that footage to the news director at NBC, Matt. He fell back in his chair, turned pale white, put his hand over his mouth and said, my gosh, this proves they didn't go to the moon. They never left Earth orbit. I said, yeah, what do we do? He thought about it and thought about it and said, I can't broadcast this. It'll cause a civil war. I'm not going to go down in history as the man who caused the civil war. And I said, well, wait a minute. You're saying if we expose 
how corrupt the federal government is, it'll cause the federal government to come to an end. Isn't that what's supposed to happen? So 10 years go by, another news director sees the same footage. They said this absolutely proves the moon missions are fake. We're going to broadcast it nationwide, breaking story. They fly me to New York, put me up in the Waldorf Astoria, pay me thousands of dollars for the exclusive license. And they're going to prove nationwide, NBC News, the moon landings are fake. They get a call from the federal government threatening them and they back down. These people are still in charge. These people are at large. I think if your neighbor is a pedophile and you have children, that's an important truth to know. And so it is relevant that the people who faked the moon landing are so arrogant to do so, which proves they're juvenile. They set a goal they couldn't do and they couldn't own up about it. They're juvenile. And then they're criminals. They murder people to cover up their own juvenile crimes. And this is relevant because these same people, their apprentice, their offspring are running the show now. So when Orwell said, whoever controls the past controls the future, this is the perfect example because these controllers are saying in the past, the moon missions are real when they certainly were not. And therefore, those same criminals are controlling our future, which means until the moon landing fraud comes out, the federal government will remain corrupt until the end of time. So it is relevant. It has to come out or we're stuck with corrupt leaders. Well, OK, uh, I, I would agree with with some of that. Absolutely. Uh, let, let's back up a little bit, though. The, the film about the uh, with the half earth thing, uh, chain, chain of custody uh, on the evidence. Where did that come from? Well, a source at NASA, a whistleblower at NASA gave it to me. You pop in the tape, it says at the head of it, do not show to the public. It's the only unedited footage from NASA. They polished everything up. They edited everything. You can't even get the launch in real time from T plus a minute to minus a minute. You can't get it. Are you, are, so, you cover, are you not putting out the guy's name to protect him? Is he still alive Is or, or can you say his name? Uh, that person uh, remains anonymous, okay. uh, just like the investor of my movie who gave me a million dollars. Now, I originally didn't say even the name of the person who made the deathbed confession in the book because his son was still alive. He just died. The guy's name was Cyrus Eugene Akers. I mean, two news directors, separate news directors, independently agreed with me and every filmmaker I've shown it to. This proves that the Apollo astronauts did not leave Earth orbit, which means they didn't go to the moon. We have them faking right in front of your eyes being halfway to the moon, which means they can't go halfway. And yeah, 50 years later, they still cannot go halfway. If I can interject, it, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look yeah. good to have fake footage like that. But having fake footage is not proof that the entire uh, story was fake. It, it's just proof that the footage was fake if it if indeed that well, you, you sound like one of those people who when someone has 99 you know points of evidence against them tries to turn it around the the fact is if they really went to the moon they wouldn't have to fake any of it we would be seeing the real earth out the window the reason why it's very simple that we're seeing a fake one foot model of the earth is because they can't show us the real thing because they cannot leave earth orbit it's the first time in history that a technical milestone, no one could repeat it 50 years later, much less uh, it should be better. For example, imagine Lindbergh flew across the Atlantic in 1927, 
50 years later, no one can fly across the Atlantic. No 747s, no jets breaking the sound barrier. We're just stuck 50 years later. It can't happen. When they blew up the bomb in 1945, just 10 years later, atomic bombs were one thousand times more powerful if they could go to the moon on the first attempt with one millionth the computing power cell phone we would have been on mars 10 years later we'd be in another solar system by now and there'd be bases all over the moon you can't have greater technology in the past and in the future because today they can only send an astronaut one thousandth the distance to the moon. You cannot have a thousand times greater technology in 1969 than you can today. That proves it. The shadows intersecting proves it. The fake footage being faking halfway to the moon proves it. And an eyewitness testimony proves it. We have four times the proof necessary. It's only because it's an emotional attachment to people telling them there's no Santa Claus that they can't see the truth. It only takes an open mind and then it's overwhelming. That they did not go. I, I would disagree with the emotional attachment thing. I have no emotional. T- I don't care if they went. If the, if it was proof that uh, absolute com- uh, convincing proof, I would I would say okay, you're right. I I I can say ev- there's evidence on your side of the ledger, but there can be counter arguments to, to. And I have not made up my mind about about evidence because I'm not smart enough. To be honest with you, I've heard about lines and shadows and all that stuff my whole life and how uh, parallel lines, even we can we can produce uh, unperpendicular lines or unparalleled lines in shadows uh, or what seem to be even in natural daylight here on Earth. That, But I'm curious about the chain of command of evidence. First of all, the, the guy murdered, the guy who was claimed to be murdered, right, the the, the guy deathbed confession that he said he murdered somebody do you have the name of the and if you don't want to release it that's fine i'm just asking if you have it the name of the guy supposedly murdered no but if there's some sluice out there all you have to do is look up police records or newspapers in clovis new mexico it's not that big of a town from either 1968 1968 it probably had twenty thousand people tops there Yeah. So somebody who worked at Cannon Air Force Base in 1968 or 69 either had a suspicious death or he went missing. That's the person. Cyrus Eugene Akers was the chief of security. He confessed he killed this coworker. And we don't know the name of that person, but someone could find out potentially if they looked into it and give the family closure. So now you haven't done that, though. That looked into no, I, mean, I will. Book, I'll, I'll start tomorrow trying to find out if, who, who yeah. died mysteriously in 1968 there. Or so 69. you're saying yeah. uh, 69, the first week of June, or is that? Yeah, well, 60, yeah 68 or six. We don't know whether he killed him immediately after the filming or when it was broadcast a year later, that that was what you know provoked him to be morally outraged about it. So I would just pick the year 68, 69 in one of those two years. Someone at Cannon Air Force Base went missing or died under mysterious circumstances. So there's newspapers from that city at that time, and there's police reports. Okay. And if you can dig up 68, 69, someone went missing, which is probably what happened, or somebody died mysteriously, a young person of a heart attack, or someone was run over by a bulldozer at the base, something like that, then that's the person. It won't be easy because, you know, I've, I've looked for people. 
<laughs> people I knew in that area of, from that that period. It's not easy. That that part of America was uh, still in the Wild West in the sixties and seventies and didn't keep great records. Um, so did he? Uh, now in his deathbed confession, did he say that he did it on orders of the government, or did he say, or, or did, or did he not say that at all? Because this is part of part of your reasoning for not trusting or, or saying that we need to know because the government is violating the Declaration of Independence, the, the government would have had to have ordered that. Do we know that the government definitely ordered this or this man didn't say that he was ordered? Well, either, either way, it's the government doing it because he's a government employee and he did it. But he's not the head did. of the government. He's not, no, he's not the... the yeah, he's, not, he's not Johnson. But, <laughs> right, but we do know, we do know from Betty Grissom that those three men were murdered by higher ups. I mean, somebody, the CIA did it and the CIA is controlled by the CIA director and or the president. So that was higher up. That That's a fact. Okay. Now, uh, there's a Fox special that came out when my first came out, when my film first came out, and they found like four other backup crew astronauts who died mysteriously within a two-year period among like 22 astronauts. I mean, come on. You can't have four people of 22 have accidents within a two-year period without something going on. And so there's four people killed. That's seven. Then we have eight that we know of. And then there's a ninth one. James Irwin was Apollo 15 astronaut. And after Bill Casey, my first source at NASA, who told me it was fake, wrote a book. We didn't go to the moon and went on Oprah in the 80s. The astronaut tracked him down and called him up in August of 1991. And the astronaut told the leading researcher of the moon landing fraud at that time that he had become a born again Christian. And that they need to have a serious talk about the contents of his book. He said he was concerned for his safety, and he asked Bill Casing to call him at a particular number three days later, and on that day, the astronaut coincidentally had a fatal heart attack. So that's another death, right? We're up to nine that we know of. And so, you know, this is serious, and and this is really minuscule compared to 9-11 and other things, but what it does show is a pattern that people in the government are murdering their own people. For example, Robert McNamara was defense secretary during the Vietnam War. On his deathbed, he said, you know, back then the public was against it. Just like on December 6, 1941, 90% of Americans were against entering World War II. Pearl Harbor happens the next day, 90% are for it. So they all got together and said, hey, we need a Pearl Harbor type thing to get support for the Vietnam War. It's called the Gulf of Tonkin incident. Well, basically, it was allegedly a North Vietnamese ship attacking a U.S. ship. And they said, you know, we have to get even. Let's start the war. And they did. On his deathbed, he said that he and the CIA made that up. It never happened. That led to the death of 3 million people, including 58,220 Americans. So I think if they're willing to kill without cause 58,220 of their own people, they're willing to fake an image on a television when there's no independent press coverage and you just have to take their word for it. We have murderers and criminals and gangsters running the federal government. You have corrupt people from both parties and appointing corrupt leaders of every department in the government. 
my last chapter of my book is called What to Do About This Mess, including the idea. Wait, can you save that for the end of the program, the, how, what to do about it? That's the, that's the way to end this. <laughs> okay, well, I'll save it. But, but, but basically, I propose that Congress and the Senate be chosen by lottery like they did in the first democracy a couple of thousand years ago. I mean, if lottery can choose somebody going to the chair or not, then I think lottery is okay to decide whether to put a GMO label on a bottle of ketchup, which 90% of Americans wanted and still did not happen because of the corrupt federal government. Democracy is supposed to be 51% having their way. 90% wanted GMO labeling. It couldn't happen. So we choose Congress and the Senate by lottery. They nominate about five people for president among those lottery chosen. Then we vote on the five, vote on the three, vote on the two, something like that. And then the president should not be allowed to de- to appoint department heads. The FBI rank and file know who honest people are. Let them nominate and elect their own people. Let I don't know why it's legal for the FDA to be run by someone who used to be a CEO of a pharmaceutical company. I mean, no, how yeah. can that possibly be legal? But it is. We, we need a whole overhaul of the Constitution, of rules, of fairness, and we need to clean up this mess. And that's the great thing about the moon landing fraud coming out. I think it would be the finger out of the dike. People were like, that's it. I mean, that's why the news director refused to broadcast it. He said, this will make the public mad, mad enough to start new government. And he didn't want to go down in history as the guy who, you know, made that happen. Too bad. Well, I I definitely get that. that, But I, I also feel like the public doesn't trust the government one bit and feels like they they know that they've been lied to pearl harbor uh jfk uh you want to throw in the moon landing that's fine uh but 9-11 all these things i mean lots and lots of lies from the government so i don't think any i I think it'd be hard pressed to find anybody that says i believe every word the government said on all of that stuff i think most people would believe the government is is uh, capable of lying to. But about this, you brought up Pearl Harbor. 9-11 seems to be, uh, it, the motive is, would be easily attached. You're a prosecutor prosecuting this case. What is the motive behind? Uh, well, there's several. I mean, the first person in the military who told me they were fake, he said it's all about the money. I mean, it came out during the Gulf War that Halliburton was charging the taxpayer $40 for a 50 cent ice cube tray. Okay. You know, what is that? 8,000% profit. Right. And so he said, it's all about the money. I mean, they got an equivalent of $200 billion to only orbit the earth, which probably took one quarter of that. These are fronts. Gangsters have fronts. It's not really hot chicken. It's a gambling parlor. <laughs> and it's not really NASA putting people on the moon. It's a way to milk the taxpayers to do illegal things like hire the CIA agents to kill people they don't like who are citizens. You see, that that he said was the number one reason. Then secondly, you had Kennedy, who wasn't a scientist. He's a visionary. I mean, they they went from never putting a man in space to playing golf on the moon in eight and a half years. It's the only time in the history of NASA they've kept a schedule. The most complicated one of all time. 20 years later, with 20 years better technology, they can't even put a telescope into Earth orbit on schedule. They're 10 years behind schedule. So Kennedy misspeaks. 
he says, hey, let's, you know, go from never being in space to putting a man on the moon in eight and a half years. By, the, by December 31st, 1969, gave a deadline. Couldn't be done, you see. So they bluffed. They were prideful. They didn't want to admit that they had bitten off something that they couldn't chew. That's the second reason. Third reason is maybe misinformation. You could fool temporarily maybe the Chinese or the Soviets into thinking we had greater technology than they did. After all, for every 10 hours prior to the moon landing that the U.S. spent in space, Russia spent 50 hours. They launched the first satellite. They launched the first animal. They launched the first man. They did the first spacewalk. Every space milestone except going to the moon was done by the Soviets. Maybe it helped them back off a little bit. And then lastly, we had Richard Nixon say that the greatest threat to America during his presidency wasn't China, wasn't Russia, it's Americans protesting the federal government over the Vietnam War. So you give them a pep rally, you have this depression, 58,220 people dying to somehow protect Vietnam for some reason, and then you give them something to cheer about, something that we can guarantee successful. President Johnson, and it's in my book at sabrell.com, he actually came up with the code name for the fake moon landing. He came up with Slam Dunk because he said you can guarantee the success of the mission by faking it. And so it's a slam dunk. We can guarantee the missions will be successful. Wait, he said that? Do we have we have uh, that as a quote from Johnson? Is that? Yeah, is that basically Johnson? Cyrus Eugene Akers said, that President Johnson came up with the code name and told himself. So. He's the one who okay. gave us the list of 15 people. And this is one of the reasons why Johnson didn't run for re-election. It's never happened before in the modern history of the presidency that someone eligible for second term didn't run. The Democratic Party was baffled. They said, well, we're going to nominate you anyway. He says, I'll decline anyway. Because he knew they were going to fake the moon landing during the next term. And who knew that would work? What if you got caught? Didn't want to have anything to do with it. And get this, Nixon, you know, this is proof that the who you vote for doesn't matter. First of all, Congress and the Senate didn't vote to fake the moon landing, so voting for them doesn't matter. And then ask Ron Paul or Bernie Sanders if an outsider can ascend to the top. You had Democratic Johnson supervising the faking of the moon landing and Republican Nixon giving it the thumbs up. So during Nixon's you know, presidency, the whole world is watching everybody's watching, going to the moon for the first time. He doesn't show up for the launch because he knows it's fake. He shows up for the second one after they got away with faking it. But he was afraid, wasn't sure that they would get away with it. And if they got caught, he'd have that picture of him smiling, shaking Neil Armstrong's hand in front of the rocket. Literally wanted to distance himself from it. After they faked it, got away with it, shows up for the second launch little psychological thing there. So basically it was propaganda. Just like, you know, we're warned that Russia and China does propaganda. Here we are doing the same thing and even greater. Russia didn't fake the moon landing. The U.S. did. China didn't kill Kennedy. The U.S. did. You see? And so the greatest threat in the military is basically has to do with reminding people of their oath. Your oath is to follow the Constitution not the come and go corrupt president. And then secondly, you're to protect the Bible of the country from all enemies, foreign and 
domestic. The boogeyman is always in Iraq or Iran or China or Russia. I mean, I think shooting Kennedy by the CIA, not my opinion. It's the opinion of the dead man's nephew who has more access to the Kennedy assassination files than Oliver Stone. And he says his uncle was killed by the CIA. I think that's election interference. And I think that election interference wasn't from Russia. I think it was from the United States federal government because he was going to clean house and they didn't like that. So they got rid of him. All right. Let me, let me, uh, uh, you said a lot there. Um, first of all, Russia might not have faked a, uh, a landing at the, t- at that time, but they were, there was a, a Russian, uh, rocket that crashed into the moon two days before. Right. Unmanned. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. yeah. An un- unmanned. Unman- pro. Unmanned. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So they were pursuing this. Uh, they were looking at putting a man on the moon. Why would they not call out? They'd have to know about this law or they wouldn't. They, they didn't figure it out. Well, yeah, that's a great question. Uh, first of all, uh, let's say I have a picture of a world leader with a prostitute. I could upload it to the Internet and take them down. Or maybe the smarter thing would be to blackmail them year after year after year. What a coincidence. During the Nixon administration, during the faking of the moon landing, one day, Nixon calls Russia the greatest threat to America, and the next day he's selling them billions of dollars of grain below cost. Then he, then Nixon says China is our next big enemy, and then during the moon landing administration goes over there and kisses their butt and opens up trade relations. I think they're being blackmailed. In fact, I have a source who personally works in the command center of the Chinese space agency. He told me everybody there knows the moon missions are fake, and... They have an agreement with NASA not to call them on it in exchange for technology. You see, another good reason for the truth to come out is we're being blackmailed, right? So just admit it. And then we can't be blackmailed anymore. Well, come on. yeah, now uh, you, you brought up the, the part about Nixon not going to the first launch and because he was worried that he or wasn't sure it was going to work. That seems like an awfully big risk. And what would be what would be the fallback explanation if it didn't work? I mean, the preparation they had to be prepared if if you if as you claim, Nixon was unsure this fake operation was gonna work. And he was so unsure that he didn't want to be there and all this stuff. They had to have some uh contingency plan about what they would tell the American public. God forbid somebody found out in the moment, like he caught with your pants down. Any Anything on that? Well, I suspect they had a fall guy, just like Oliver North. I mean, in uh, Oliver Stone's most recent film, JFK Revisited, one of the most startling things in there is the fact that Kennedy, prior to Dallas, was going to go to Chicago. They had the exact same plot. They had a fall guy. They had the Oswald of Chicago to take the blame. They had a guy in a high-rise tower. They had him go by. The CIA, or I guess good guys in the government, found out about it. They canceled the trip. Then his next trip was to Miami. They canceled that trip for security reasons, and Oliver Stone found the fall guy there. And then and just all in the same month, all in November, they had the plan set up. And so I'm sure Nixon was going to give a fall guy, was going to take it, and I didn't know. They lied to me. You know, the guy knew they weren't there. Otherwise, he would show up for the launch. I mean, come on. 
Yeah, uh, I, I've heard that that story before. I, my and I'm not going to derail it by going down the Kennedy thing, but I would just say in in Chicago there was no, no way he was going to be riding in a convertible with the top down in November. Yeah, but it's interesting. <laughs> Oliver Stone was able to take pretty much pinpoint the fall guy for if it if he was killed in Chicago, the fall guy if he was killed in Miami, and of course Oswald, the fall guy there. Can you imagine being the other two guys seeing Oswald get a bullet and going, "Gee, as that was a close call. That was almost me. <laughs> right. Now, China has claimed that they've landed on the moon, right, uh, in 2014. Unmanned probes. Right. So, yes, they yeah. can. You, you, you're saying that we can land because you're saying it, it just seems I know the radiation thing, and we, and we can talk about that if you want. But you're saying the radiation is the reason they can't get a rocket to the halfway to the moon, or is that that was your, your opening statement now? Do you, but now... You can we can get a rocket to the moon, just not with humans in it. Is that the correct? I mean, and this again, it's not my opinion. NASA said so themselves. One of the clips at sabrell.com, which you can see for free, is Kelly Smith, engineer at NASA, going on camera and saying that the radiation belt that surrounds the Earth is and, deadly. Um, right. And most people don't even know it exists. It starts at a thousand miles up and it's about 30,000 miles thick. Every manned space mission was below that, except going to the moon. They'd have to go through it. And then he said something really interesting. He calls it dangerous, which means deadly. And then he says the technology necessary for an astronaut to go through it to the moon and back and survive has yet to be invented. Well, so how exactly did they go to the moon, right? <laughs> I so mean, so that the NASA it right claim there. about this, and I remember them doing radiation tests on the astronauts when they came back. And that was they built the aluminum shield around around the uh, the orbiter, and uh, that the astronauts had similar readings to those people who were. Uh, exposed during the atomic uh, blast in new mexico in in los alamos tests that okay that you're, you're, you're saying you're, you're saying we're to trust this information from the criminals perpetrating the fraud of course they're going to say that the fact is they had one eighth of an inch of aluminum shielding when you get a when you get a dental x-ray you put a quarter inch lead vest over you which is a thousand times more protection than one quarter uh, inch or one eighth an inch of aluminum. They say now that they do not have the technology to protect an astronaut to go to the moon and back, that it has yet to be invented. He slipped up. I called up NASA. I said, let me talk to the guy who says, well, we didn't give interviews anymore. And then they sent a probe, the Orion probe, up into the radiation belt, U-turn and come back. So what's the whole point of the probe to measure the radiation? There's two Geiger counters on board. So I call up NASA, I say, I'm a journalist. May I please have those Geiger counter readings? They say it's a military secret. I'm saying, wait a minute. You sent a probe to the sun. Is the temperature of the sun a military secret? No, it's just part of nature. You sent a probe to Jupiter to measure how much helium is in the atmosphere. Is the amount of helium in Jupiter's atmosphere a military secret? No, why would it be? It's part of nature. So why would the amount of radiation surrounding the Earth be a military secret? Uh, because it proves they can't go to the moon. That's why. And so it's crystal clear. I mean, even Elon Musk is saying in order to go to the moon, you have to make 18 fuel trips first. 
to a space station and then from there go to the moon. We had a millionaire backing us. We bought documentation that cost $10,000 from astronauts' estate. We found a publication from Von Braun that said, in order to go to the moon in one rocket, it would have to be taller than the Empire State Building. It would have to weigh 800,000 tons. The Saturn V only weighed 2,500 tons. That's a difference of about 30,000%. He said, these numbers are irrefutable and that's the only way to do it. You would have to ferry up fuel multiple times and then from there go to the moon, which is exactly what they're saying must be done to quote, return to the moon. I mean, if we've really been to the moon six times, I don't understand why you have to do it a seventh time to practice for Mars. I mean, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I mean, they're saying, George Bush said out of his own mouth, Junior, we have to return to the moon as a logical first step to Mars and beyond. I mean, it doesn't make sense if you've been to the North Pole six times and you've never been to the South Pole to go to the North Pole the seventh time. I mean, come on, what about the South Pole? <laughs> I mean, it doesn't make any sense that they have to return to the moon to go to Mars. That in uh, itself says they didn't go. Well, I'm not sure the, the pole analogy because, uh, and I'm trying to keep, keep an open mind here, but I'm not sure that analogy fits because if we're not used to going to uh, bodies off of the earth and haven't done it in 50 years, yeah, you might want to, you know, do, try a simple dance before you go out and try to do, go on Dancing for the Stars and one that you're familiar well, that's with. That's right. They did it six times. I don't understand. But a long time ago, we haven't done it since, and maybe to get warmed up. A pitcher that goes out to the mound and still throws from the same mound when he's getting warmed up, right? Well, I don't know why there, it takes 18 trips uh, to the space station before you can send humans to the moon. Why does it I, I take don't that know now, but didn't I don't take know it back I don't, I'm not claiming to have the answers to that. I'm just saying, yeah. uh, you know, they, the why go to the moon before Mars? Uh, that seems like, you know, I would probably try that too if i had already been and and that's an easy first step to get warmed up uh, that's, that's well all, all you got to do is go back to the analogy of Lind Lindbergh flying across the atlantic in 1927 in an airplane did technology stop was no country on the earth including the country that flew across the atlantic in 1927 no one can repeat it for 50 years later just can't be done no uh, of course not uh, months later People are flying across. If it could be done, it would be done. Their base is at the South Pole, and it's minus 100 degrees and 100 mile per hour winds. But there's bases there. Why? Because it can be done. If you could go to the moon on the first attempt with one millionth of computing power cell phone, there would be bases all over the moon. There aren't any because it can't be done. Elon Musk, mind you, he had a rocket with 50 years better technology than the Apollo rocket. The rocket was surrounded by six smaller rockets to gimbal the thing in an attempt to land it vertically. Each of those six rockets had 100 million times the computing power of all of NASA. So you have 600 million times the computing power trying to land a rocket vertically like they did six times on the moon with one 600 millionth the computing power. And the first time he tries, it blows up. The second time he tries, it blows up. The third time he tries, it blows up. The fourth time he tries, it blows up. It took him five times with 600 million times greater computing power to land a rocket vertically. But somehow they did it six times in a row 
with one six hundred millionth of the computing power. I mean, I don't know what no, more to say. No, I, I, it's pretty clear you're convinced and convicted uh, to the cause of of talking about this. That's clear. If we have to go a couple minutes later, is that okay with you? Because uh, sure. um, now. <clears throat> There is plans, maybe I'm wrong about this, but I'm under the impression that we've heard that NASA plans to go back to the moon. Uh, yeah, am I correct in that, in that they've made plans? Well, to go yeah, back? they're lying when they say back, but yeah, there are okay. plans to no, go to the moon. <laughs> yeah, they've it. said actually 10 times over the last 50 years they're going to return to the moon in five years, and right. they haven't kept that schedule 10 times in a row. So if they if they don't I, you know when they don't do that what what is the public outcry about it? Well, like you said, they're so jaded they don't care, and people are so forgetful. You have someone running for office promising, "I will never do this," right. and then six weeks into their presidency, they do what they swore they would never do, and somehow that person isn't immediately kicked out of office and put in jail. That's another rule you should add to the government. If a politician running for office makes a promise and they don't keep it. Number one, it's their last day in office. And number two, they go to jail. I think that'd be a good, fair rule, wouldn't you? <laughs> so, yeah, people are forgetful. They, they, uh, I think it was Ford said they're going to return to the moon. Carter said it. Reagan said it. Clinton said it. Bush Sr., Bush Jr. said it. We're going to return to the moon in five years. Never happened 10 times in a row. All right. They said in 2014, they're going to have people orbiting the moon in 2018. Didn't happen add another 100%, and now they only have mannequins orbiting them. Somehow they could play golf and drive cars on the moon 50 years ago, but now we can only have mannequins orbit the moon and not land. And for some reason, we need to keep repeating the moon landing over and over and over and over again so we can practice to go to Mars. I mean, I don't know about going or repeating it over and over again. I, you know, one time or two times before going to, something more ambitious doesn't seem at, you know that far-fetched to me but okay now when did the movie capricorn one you're familiar with that right the capricorn mm-hmm. you were probably if you were five years uh younger than the original lunar you're probably in your early teens when that movie came out right or capricorn yeah, yeah that came out in 1978 yeah so what is that what started to change your mind what what was the catalyst that started to change your mind about the moon landing. Well, Bill Casing, who worked at NASA during the Apollo program for six years, he had extremely high security clearance because he would edit the memos from the Pentagon to Von Braun and from Von Braun to the Pentagon. Von Braun, uh, first language was German. So we kind of polished it up. And of course, the people in the Pentagon weren't that good in grammar. They studied military, not English. He would polish it up. He read a memo that said, from Von Braun to the Pentagon, warning them not to try to go to the moon before 1969, and that if they did, they have a 99.99% chance of killing the crew on live television. So when I see that being said as a 14-year-old, and I have a shrine on my bedroom wall a few feet away of the alleged you know, photographs from the first moon mission, I'm like, oh, never thought of that. And I look at them critically. Ten years later, I become a filmmaker, and I'm actually editing a film for the guy who produced the show I saw with Bill Casey on it ten years earlier. Wow. He puts me in touch with him. I look into it. I find a lot of suspicious stuff that makes me worry 
that maybe they actually did fake the moon landing. And to tell you the truth, Matt, I turned down the project because I figured if they faked it, you know, overturning these rocks could be hazardous to my health. And the book is called The True Story of a Filmmaker on the CIA Hit List. I, I want to get to that. Yeah. Yeah, because this actually happened and I have queued up. I mean, there's a recording that I uncovered of an Apollo astronaut plotting my assassination by the CIA. Okay. Which wouldn't be necessary if they really went to the moon and I'm some silly person who thinks it was filmed in a military base. You I see. wish we could figure out the audio on this, or you could send it to me and I could play. I can play audio from here for some reason, um, playing it from there. But I'll, I'll take your word for it that you have audio from a CIA agent. Yeah, I mean, I can put it in the chat. It's at 48.57 into the uh, clip. Let's see if I can. I don't see a chat button here, but I have present. I don't know. But... Uh, uh, the private chat. You put it something in the private chat before. Oh, yeah. Maybe I have to uh, close the screen. Here it is. Okay. So here's the link. And then go to 48 minutes and 57 seconds into that video. Basically, after I made a funny thing happened on the way to the moon, proving that the moon missions were fake, I had the idea, I guess, from early courtroom TV shows. Hey, why not just track down these guys and ask them to swear on the Bible? We hired private detectives. Remember, we had a million-dollar budget. We tracked down these guys, and uh, I told them I was doing a uh, film about the moon landings, which is true. I'm not about to tell them I think they're fake. Can you, you know, can I confront you? So uh, they require two thousand dollars an hour to be paid to be lied to, and I paid the fee for Edgar Mitchell, and I went to his home in Florida, and I put up a TV monitor and I showed him the fake footage. He said, "Where did you get this?" And he turned beet red you know, started cursing and literally assaulted me with my back to him. He was so angry. And in the commotion, we left a wireless microphone on him. And in the commotion, my camera operator forgot to hit stop record. So while the camera is in the back seat of the rental car in the driveway and we're getting ready to leave, we're recording the private conversations of him and his son in his house with the door closed. And I'm going to put that time again in the chat. Forty-eight. Yeah, I got to fifty-seven to get there. Uh, yeah. And ahead. so basically, uh, we hear him say, uh, his son to his father, who's an Apollo astronaut, "Do you want me to call the CIA and have him whacked?" And months later, when we did a transcript of the interviews, the film secretary calls me up frantic saying, do you, do you know what they're talking about in their house when you left the wireless microphone on them? I'm like, I don't know. She said, they're talking about calling the CIA to have you killed. And I'm like, yeah, that's funny. She says, no, Bart, they're talking about calling the CIA to have you killed. And I'm like, yeah, that's funny. She says, Bart, you're not hearing me. That's they're talking about calling the CIA. And so one of the things in my book, one of the chapters is called A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to CNN. Where, after I found this footage, that day, every phone call I made to Bill Casing was interrupted. And I go to church that night to get advice from the elders. And I'm like, you know, what do I do? My, you know, they, they know I have this tape. They said, drive like a bat out of hell to CNN. I do so. They tamper with my car. You know, they made my car stop working. I hire a taxi. And when I get to CNN, I'm surrounded by government officials 
who confiscate the tape, put me in a, you know, completely black van, drug me with what I presume was true serum to the point of vomiting and asked me a series of questions which they had prepared on a clipboard. You know, where's the original of the tape and blah, blah, blah. I told them everything they wanted to know. You know, I was in La La Land. I actually escaped their custody. I made my way back to Nashville, Tennessee, and I said, I got them. I got true serum in me. <laughs> I peed in a cup. And I said, I'm going to prove that I was drugged by this exotic drug by the CIA. I give it to a friend to put in a lab in his name, thinking I can outwit the CIA. And a few days go by and I say, well, what are the results? And he says, well, there was a problem at the lab. And I'm, yeah, what problem? He says, well, funny thing, they had a break in over the weekend. And I'm like, yeah, so what? He said, well, funny thing. The only thing stolen was your urine sample, <laughs> you know? And so I go into great detail into my espionage adventures for the very first time in Moon Man, which you can get at sabrell.com on audio that I read or Kindle or print. And here's the clip. You can hear the recording coming from inside the guy's house, him and his son plotting my assassination by the CIA, which would not be necessary if they really went to the moon. Can we get a gun to shoot them at them before they get out of the office? <laughs> we have a video camera running if you want to do it. Right. I, I, that would be great footage for us. See you later. In court, I hope. You want to call the CIA? Have them whacked. Basically, uh, there are 16 interactive links in the book. I basically say, you know, I'm about to talk about this film. So go to sabrell.com, Moon Man video link button, link one, link two, link three, and so forth. And one, the second to the last one is that music video kind of summarizing my adventures making this movie, including the audio that we uncovered of an astronaut and his son plotting my assassination by the CIA. And I go into great detail in the chapter in the book at sabrell.com called The Funny Thing Happened on the Way to CNN, where I was literally abducted by the government, drugged with true serum, and the tape of the you know, fake footage, a copy of it anyway, was confiscated. And I've never talked about this publicly because it's already hard enough for people to accept the moon landings are fraudulent. I didn't want to go into X-Files stuff, but I figured this will be my final formal statement on the matter. I'll go ahead and tell you everything that happened. I'll, I'll tell you about the deathbed confession. I'll tell you about the Apollo 1 fire, those people murdered by the CIA according to their dead relatives. I mean, the, the dead astronauts' relatives. So the book goes into great detail about this. It's interactive. There are 16 video clips uh, that show NASA saying the technology to leave Earth orbit has yet to be invented. NASA saying they intentionally destroyed all the technology they used to go to the moon, which would, they would never do if it was real, but would do if it was fake. And multiple clips, astronauts gone wild, the funny thing happened on the way to the moon. And clips of news programs where you see multiple clips from ABC, NBC, CBS cut back to back, and they're repeating the story word from word on all three networks. There is no independent press coverage. And even when they try, even when NBC wanted to air this footage proving nationwide 
intelligence special, the moon landings are fake, they get a call from the federal government threatening them, and they back down because the moon missions, sadly, were falsified. What does it mean? It means the people who run our government are gangsters and murderers, and they're still at large. They haven't been caught. So okay. they're just going to be emboldened to do worse and worse things. Until All right. We, hold, hold up just a second. I, I'm sorry to interrupt you here, but <clears throat> it, you, what you're saying begs these questions. I mentioned Capricorn one. You have indicated that, you, and I don't doubt this for a second, that the government uh, is capable of murdering its own citizens to protect its own self-interest. Capricorn one. Those people weren't murdered, right? The, the and why would they let that come? Because to me, that that movie planted the seed for a lot of of this belief and and people starting to look deeper into it. Why would they let that movie come out if they were as ruthless and and I I don't doubt that they're ruthless. Why would they allow that movie to come out and not have somebody in charge of that whacked? Yeah, it was kind of like reverse psychology. Uh, basically, if you get the original VHS of Capricorn One, uh, they boast on the back of the film, it's the first and only space film with produced with NASA's 100% cooperation. I mean, what better way to prove that there wasn't a space fraud than to open your doors to a film about the space fraud. The fact is people in Hollywood were the first ones to notice that the moon landing scenes were filmed with artificial electrical lighting and not sunlight. I noticed that. I'm a filmmaker. I can even tell you what kind of light they used. So Hollywood noticed this. So Hollywood wanted to tell the truth and did it in about a fake Mars landing. Everyone knew what they were really talking about. All the top people from the, the top actors, the number one box office smash actors were all in this one movie. You had Hal Holbrook, Elliot Gould, Telly Savalas, Karen Black, Sam Waterston, who are all in this movie. And more, I know you more. want me to say you I know OJ Simpson. Okay. You're <laughs> to say it. I mean, come on, you can't leave that out. I know. Uh, the poor guy. When I watch uh what is it called? Police squad or what is yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I see I see innocence in him. You can see it in his face. <laughs> innocence and purity, and something happened between that time and later. I'm not sure what, but uh he changed. The same with the astronauts. Uh, one of the clips in my film, which you can see at sabrell.com, is Neil Armstrong speaking on the 25th anniversary because the president asked him to. And he spoke in the White House and students were going on a tour. So he said to them, perhaps someday you'll be able to remove one of truth's protective layers about the moon landing. You see, with tears in his eyes. And now... When I met him later, it's like he changed. He's now has had a hard heart. And I might say the opposite for Buzz Aldrin. It seems like he's softening up. Let me tell you a, a story that's in the book. Around the 35th Well, let anniversary. me, before you tell me the story, a really simple yes or no question. Somebody on the morning show this morning said Buzz Aldrin has, has come out and admitted that the uh, thing was fake. Then he changed the story, and then he went back. Yes or no? Is that true? Or? Well, yes, that is true. Uh, he admitted it twice 
and the film Astronauts Gone Wild. Astronauts Gone Wild, we discovered the footage. We, uh, you could say, tricked Buzz Aldrin into giving us an interview. He thought it was about his book. I put up a monitor. I show him the fake footage, which he personally filmed from Earth orbit with the one foot model pretending to be halfway to the moon. He got mad and said, where did you get this? And then he said, oh, and this makes you a famous reporter for having discovered this. That's an admission. How could I become famous if I'm wrong? And then secondly, he said, we were just passengers. Him and Armstrong were just passengers orbiting the Earth for eight days. Talk to him. See, he admitted they never piloted a craft. Two admissions. And when he realized afterwards he had made those two admissions on camera, he threatened to sue me if I showed them to anybody because he knew he made two admissions. The third one is when he was talking to a little girl. Interesting side note, that was on the internet for like two or three years before it became viral and discovered. He does say out of his own mouth, because we didn't go to the moon. Why can't we return? He says, quote, because we didn't go. And this is why when you see him do interviews, he has a handler sitting next to him. And I, even one interview, when they're done, he turns to the handler and says that I do an okay job. I mean, <laughs> give me a break. During the interview of their one and only press conference, you can see hidden in the desk teleprompters. I mean, these are the only people who know what it's like to walk on the moon, and they have teleprompters telling them what it's like. And of course, they look like for an hour that they're at the funeral of their mother. They look the exact opposite of the winning Super Bowl locker room because they're lying through their teeth and they don't find pleasure in doing it. Now, on the 35th anniversary, I just started the production of Astronauts Gone Wild. One of my consultants was a former military intelligence officer. He said, look, people are going to believe even with the classified footage and a funny thing happened, they're going to believe what they want to believe. I talked to a college professor at an aerospace university, and he said if he saw Buzz Aldrin confess on national TV that the moon missions were fake, he'd think he walked on the moon anyway. You see how this is warped? This is an emotional thing? Well, during the production of Astronauts Gone Wild, it's around the 35th anniversary. I'm sitting in bed eating my oatmeal for breakfast and the news is on, okay? They have the three astronauts standing on the lawn of the White House, okay? And then the reporter says, hey, I'm glad I'm talking to you by satellite so I don't get punched. And I'm like, they're talking about me. I am rocking their boat. They're standing on the lawn of the White House. What I'm doing is dangerous. And that's okay. what I was told that by this military person, astronauts gone wild, is pissing them off because I'm making their people look bad. I'm catching them and lie over and over again. One astronaut on camera says he did not go through the radiation belt, which means he stayed in Earth orbit. Oops. One astronaut said during the landing on the moon, it was so loud you couldn't hear anybody talk. The other guy says when he was landing on the moon, the engines were perfectly quiet. Now, which is it? We catch them in lie after lie after lie. And then it's I don't think it's in the book, but a couple of good guys in the military or sort of like the military asked me to call two people on that list of 15 eyewitnesses before I published the book. I was a little scared to do that. They 
said, I got your back. And my book goes into detail where I was literally rescued by the military branch of the United States Marine during these little adventures of when I was being drugged. Okay, so people like them wanted me to call two people on this list before I published it in my book. And I'm like, you want me to slit my throat? And they said, trust us. So I did. One person I knew, Eugene Krantz, the other person I never heard of. So I call up Eugene Krantz. He thinks I'm technical support for some computer problem he has. He answers the phone. Is this tech support about the satellite comm conference call, video call with Cernan? Okay, so these guys have scrambled military-grade video conferencing equipment in their house that apparently when working, he thought I was tech support saying, unplug the thing, plug it back in. He says, is this the call about Cernan? Okay, that has to be Eugene Cernan, who allegedly died a couple of years before the phone call. So get this, a couple of days after I, I placed these phone calls, letting two people on the list know I have it, know I have them down at, as eyewitnesses at Cannon Air Force Base, my source's son, okay, who was my contact after he, his father died, who, you know, told this on his deathbed, his house is broken into after I made these phone calls days later. And then a few days after that, he's met by government agents who threatened to kill him and his family if he ever speaks to me again. This was less than two years ago. Okay. The government is very concerned that the truth about the moon landing fraud will come out because it will really piss off the American public because it's not who shot JFK or who did 9-11. It's taking back candy. They printed it on coins. They put it in an encyclopedia. They held ticker tape parades for them. They gave them medals of honor for being such good liars. You okay. see? Well, uh, okay. Now, uh, I'm with you on all this stuff, <laughs> believe it or not. Um, but so you, the CIA, CIA wanted you dead, and maybe they still want you dead, but you're alive and you're doing interviews and you're doing more films and books and stuff. And uh, why are you still alive? Well, divine intervention, first of all. You know, when I first turned down this project, I turned it down. I said, look, it looks like maybe the moon missions were fake. This, this could... Why should I risk my life for what Nixon did? No, thank you. I want to have a wife and family someday. Five years go by. I get another client. You remember the coincidence of the first one. They say they'll get one of my screenplays to a famous producer if I do them a favor. And I'm like, oh, what favor? They said, read the Bible. They're a Christian musician. So they give me a one-year Bible that's divided into 365 daily reads. And over the next five years, I read the Bible five times from cover to cover. Wasn't a Christian, but it did convince me that there is a battle between good and evil. And it's very spiritually symbolic that the greatest event of mankind, putting a man on the moon, is a lie, a satanic lie. Richard Nixon, when he knew they were not on the moon, said putting a man on the moon is the greatest event since creation itself. You see? And they said the same thing about the Titanic, the ship that God himself could not sink. I think this has a spiritual message about who runs the world. According to the Bible, Satan runs the world at the moment. He says the kingdoms of the world belong to him. 
and he can give them to whoever he wants. Well, he's going to give them to liars and murderers, you see. So I changed my mind and I decided I would risk my life because if they faked the moon landing, Matt, I mean, just think about it. They really did. And so that's actually more profound of an event historically than if they had actually gone. Do you see that? That mankind is so fallen that governments are so corrupt that they lie about their greatest accomplishment. That's the truth. And that's more profound historically than if they'd actually gone. And I said, this is a truth that mankind needs to know. And if we don't acknowledge it, we will be stuck. We will not move forward as a species. We have to know that we have cancer in order to cure the cancer. It's important. So I think divine intervention, one. And then if you go into uh, a chapter in my book at sabrell.com, audio, Kindle, or print, I read it myself. There's two chapters. A funny thing happened on the way to CNN where I was kidnapped and drugged with true serum. And then the following chapter is called The Funny Thing Happened on the Way to Church where weird espionage things happened all over again. And at one point, I was literally rescued by two people. And as best as I can tell, they wouldn't tell me officially what branch of the government they were with. But I think they're oddly enough with a group called the MCIA, the Marine Corps Intelligence Activity. So there are good guys in the government. They made it clear to me that there's like a civil war in the government that's been going on for some time between good and evil. They agree to keep it below the radar. But these guys were sent in to literally rescue me from the CIA. So they've got my back. They're the, they're the ones or their friends told me to call these two people so that they could trace the phone calls of the two people I called and see who in the CIA is breaking the law because threatening to kill people for exposing government fraud is illegal. So now just, they know who those people are. Just operating in the United States, the CIA is breaking the law. They're not supposed oh, to yeah, be. Oh, yeah, of course. Multiple times. Yeah, and then yeah. they go on TV and boast about it. Hey, we overthrew this democratically elected person, which is illegal. And they're boasting about William Benny worked for the NSA for 30 years. Okay. He goes on mainstream media and says, oh, by the way, we spy on Supreme Court justices' private cell phone conversations so that we can get financial and sexual dirt on them to blackmail them so that they vote the way we tell them. It's an established fact that the United States Supreme Court is being blackmailed, not a single investigation. But when a journalist leaks that Bernie Sanders is getting more votes, but Clinton is getting more delegates, the FBI, instead of going after vote rigging, goes after the person who leaked the vote rigging. This is why the, the heads of every government agency should not be appointed by corrupt presidents, right? Many people in the CIA and FBI and FDA are honest, hardworking people, probably the majority of them. But I've been told by, by the FBI director in Los Angeles, when he pursued a corrupt politician who was on the CIA take, he was told, if you pursue this, you're fired. Hmm. You see? So do you do you feel like your life is still in danger? I have no idea. I don't have time to keep up with it. <laughs> you, you know, uh, the truth is out. And generally, their policy is not to go after the reporter, but to go after the person who leaked it. 
that they went after the son. The son was my contact. They threatened him with death because he talked to me, a filmmaker and journalist. They generally don't go after the journalist. And I have good guys looking after me. And I have divine protection. And I'm in the right. You know, I was able to go up to these astronauts and astronauts gone wild with the Bible in their face, eight to eight Apollo astronauts, because I was in the right. And I'm when sorry, you're but in the, the right. The, the title, Astronauts Gone Wild, makes me laugh. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, the executive <laughs> producer came up with that one. I thought it was a very clever uh, title. <laughs> you know, one oh. punches me, one kicks me, one threatens to punch me, one threatens to shoot me, and one threatens to call the CIA. All, All in right. one movie, you know, okay. the impact. You can see it for free at sabrell.com. I think it's clip number four up there under the Moon Man video links button. We got to uh, wrap this up soon, very soon. But I, I do want to, I'm going to give you a softball question that I know you probably have an answer on the ready for, but it's one that uh, I, no matter how many times it's been asked, I, it's one that people need to be clear about. How many people does it take to be involved in such a, a conspiracy? Is it a huge net of people, everybody who worked at NASA? Who, who is responsible for keeping the secrets? Well, that's actually a good question, not a softball question. The two defenses that people say, and I'll add a third. First, they say Russia and China would have spilled the beans. Wrong. They would blackmail us. That's much smarter. Secondly, they say, well, there are 400,000 people involved. You can't keep a secret 400,000 people. Therefore, the moon landings are real. That's wrong. For example, the bank teller and the CEO of the bank, what they know about corruption in the bank are completely different. It's departmentalized. There were controllers in command center of the moon landing that said afterwards, we can tell no difference whatsoever between a simulation and an actual flight. There was no independent press coverage. It's whatever the government says is from the moon, it's from the moon. If someone in command center can't tell the difference between a rehearsal moon landing and the quote real one, then how could anyone else tell, you see? And then the third reason, believe it or not, th this is the reason I get the most that the moon landings must be real is that the government wouldn't lie about such an important thing. I've never heard you know? of that <laughs> Yeah. Well, the atomic, a little <laughs> side note, the, the atomic bomb, okay, which was the biggest secret during World War II, that involved 145,000 people, and only eight knew what they were doing. Do you think the CIA is so stupid to tell the guy making the glove or the door handle, hey, we're really not going to the moon, be sure not to tell anybody. Come on, give me a break. The well, thing is departmentalized, and a, a a controller in Houston command can't tell the difference. So, and there's only three eyewitnesses. There's no independent press coverage. It's not like World War II, where there's millions of witnesses everywhere. You're up and away. How do you know where people are? You don't know. You have to take their word for it. Right. What about the laser? Uh, the the reflector that lasers point at for, for yeah, that isn't proven either because they were bouncing. I have an article from Scientific American magazine from 1958 that says they were bouncing lasers off the moon in 1958. All they had to do is pick a reflective location as the alleged landing site and claim that it was coming from mirrors. Secondly, Russia put mirrors on the moon to bounce a laser off of from unmanned probes. So they could do that as well. That doesn't prove anything. 
Okay. So uh, what about, and, we, and we, we do have to wrap this up, I'm sorry, but uh, technology advancing and uh, telescopes in the last 60 years have, have really, really improved in their ability to see further and clearer distances. Uh, none of that is uh, going to expose the big lie. No, because according to NASA, and I presume it's a technical truth, no Earth-based telescope is powerful enough to resolve uh, images on the moon. And secondly, the idea that these lunar probes, which are only like, I don't know, they're like 6,000 miles, I guess, above the lunar surface, they're pretty close to it, that this alleged, you know, quarter-inch line is a shadow from the lunar module from the people who faked it. You know what I mean? You're like asking uh, the criminals to supply evidence of their own crime. They right. already faked full body pictures standing yeah. on the moon, which was filmed at Cannon Air Force Base. What is it to fake a little shadow 50 years later and claim it's a shadow of lunar module? The fact is, uh, there was a company, I talk about this in my book, they wanted to land an unmanned probe at the site of Apollo 11, and the government forbid it. I wonder why you would think they would want to prove independently that the moon missions are real and actually forbid people trying to prove it. All right. I wonder now, why. Now we do really have to wrap it up, but I cut you off before and you kind of, uh, uh, gave a, 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 maybe a precursor to the answer you're going to give now about what we, you were starting to say what we can do before. And I said, I please save that for the end of the program. Cause it seems like the perfect place to end it. And you talked about uh, representation, representative government through a lottery system. That's not the first time I've heard that. And I actually think that's a good idea. I do think, you know, having elected officials who aren't career politicians would be much better. It couldn't be any worse than we do now. But do no, you, and, and can you elaborate of, more on what Yeah, I mean, basically, the, the, think of the money you'd save in campaigns. You'd save billions of dollars right. uh, a year in campaign money. If you can choose at random people to decide the life or death of, a, of an alleged murderer, I think they're qualified enough to decide whether to put GMO labeling on a bottle of ketchup. So the first democracy chose their representatives, their Senate, Congress, by lottery. It makes perfect sense. There, how can there be any corruption? I mean, there's no, no one to pay back a favor, no election. And then those people among, let's say, 500, actually it's 435, I think, they nominate, let's say, five people after getting to know each other for a couple of months and nominate that person for president of the United States. So that even eliminates the person being chosen for president technically from outside influence because the, the people chosen at lottery nominate five candidates. Then you have a general election after you debate under certain fair rules, and you nom and then you narrow it down from five to three, three to two, and two to one. And then you have one term limit for everything. You can be sheriff once, mayor once, president once, and that's it, you know, as a law. Then you, you should not allow the president to appoint the department heads because that's just adding corruption. That's how, that, that's how they are able to make the system corrupt. Let the FBI choose their own leader. Let the FDA choose their own leader, the, the Justice Department. Why did not? Why why did it go on national TV that Supreme Court justices are being blackmailed and no one investigated it? Because the leader of the Justice Department is corrupt 
because they were appointed by a corrupt president who told them not to investigate that. How can that be? How can you have an uncontested, established fact that Supreme Court justices are being blackmailed and not a single investigation into it? I mean, give me a break. So we need a big house cleaning. That's what we need. And if the truth about the moon landing fraud comes out, I think that would be the motivation to make it happen. So I pray that it does come out. And uh, I think maybe you have uh, you got that back. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I'm not going to uh, disagree with you because I was, you know, but I am not an optimist for what you just suggested. Oh, I agree. I'm, I, I'm not optimistic. Logically, I don't think the truth is going to come out from a spiritual point of view. It's my belief, faith that it will. I believe for whatever reason, we're living in the last days. I have information that a comet or asteroid is heading toward the Earth in the near future. And that's why they're doing this little scheme now to train people to submit and to maybe whittle down the number of people around prior to that event, which will do it for them too quickly, my opinion. So I believe that maybe God will give us one rebuke, one encouragement before the world ends. Maybe the rebuke is... Uh, the moon landings are fake. Your greatest accomplishment is fake. I mean, just imagine right now, Matt, your phone is ringing off the hook. My phone is ringing. People are coming in. They're tapping us on the shoulder. And like, well, you got to stop. Buzz Aldrin is confessing on national TV. What would that be like? There would be dead silence in the world. Oh, my gosh. How far have we fallen? I think it would be a good thing. I think I agree with you, Matt. Logically, it's not likely to happen. But spiritually, my faith is that it will happen to put mankind in its place. You know what it'd be like? It would be like a cold glass of water being thrown in your face and you wake up and you realize you've been sleepwalking for years and you look down and you're one foot away from a cliff. Well, great, see, great that's place what it would to, be like. to wrap it up. The book is called, let me bring up the book again. The book is called Moon Man, the true story of a filmmaker on the CIA, CIA hit list by Bart Sabrell. You can go to sabrell.com, which is in the, the link is in the description. You can get the book there, see the uh, clips that are up there, and hear the clips that I unfortunately were <laughs> not able to pay. You know, I got to get that sorted out. We've changed systems here. We were able to play audio for, for the longest time. Uh, we've got some glitches back and forth, but I will get it sorted out. And Well, you uh, have a great show. Uh, I don't go over normally, but it was so interesting talking to you. If you could please uh, send me a clip uh, or a link to the interview, if it's all right for me to share it. And I think you do a great job. And, I, hope, uh, it, I hope maybe we'll edit out the beginning where I couldn't put bring you into the into the room for the first 20 seconds before. Well, you we could start. if you're going to do editing, you could edit in the clips yes. of the fake of the uh, talk. You know, the find Good that idea. in the film. That's incredible audio uh, of the CIA thing. And you could even put the music video at the end or beginning as a way of introducing me. Excellent. Good ideas, good good uh, production ideas and editing ideas, and I appreciate all, all of them. And I'm probably gonna, I am definitely gonna do all that. And I am also, uh, we'll be talking about this to some extent tomorrow on Coffee with the Dog. Uh, Carl will be joining me, and who's very interested in this kind of stuff. And we'll be talking a, a recap of this and my thoughts on it then. So, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, let me see if you if you want me. I don't have anything booked for tomorrow. If you want to follow up, just send me an email. Okay, cool. 
I appreciate you being here. Good luck, uh, and uh, hope, hopefully we'll help you sell some books anyway. Um, and and thanks for being here. I appreciate all. Yeah, I've earned it. You know what I mean? I, I, I risked my life, and I, I went through a lot of trials and tribulation to publish this book. And so, yeah, help me out here. Buy the audio Kindle or print at sabrell.com. Reward me for my hard labor. I'd appreciate it. Good, good luck. Thank you for being here, and have a good night. Thanks. Bye for now. Take care. Watch it well, folks. Uh, you got a lot of thoughts there in the chat room. Uh, share them with me in the morning. Uh, we're talking about throwing a glass of cold water in your face. I'm going to need that because I have a long night of work. I didn't have a show that needs to be edited for Friday night. Edited for Friday night. It's a long show, and I wasn't planning on doing any of that until this afternoon when it came to me that the editor who was supposed to be doing it just didn't have it on his work list. So I have to get a show ready for it. So I'm going to be up all night. So that cold glass of water in my face would be good. I'm going to do my best in the meantime when doing all that to edit tonight's program just a little bit. I'm not going to take out any of the important content. Just going to take out the beginning, my uh, little uh, snafu with the mouse there, trying to put him in the room, and then add the uh, audio clip uh, with the CIA guy. And, uh, and that will be it. So, hope you enjoyed the program. That's it. Love to hear from you. Info at mindoffTV.com. Info at mindoffTV.com. Thanks for coming. Have a great rest of your night. And uh, don't forget to turn on your radio.
listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now. Listen to me, listen to me, listen to me now.